0: Welcome to Wells of Prayer podcast with Haidli Lopse. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that we can welcome you into this digital space tonight. And we pray the blood of Jesus over the sound waves, over the internet, over the message that is being broadcast tonight, and over every listener who will download and listen to this in the days to come plead your blood over every listener, over every family who is seeking your face and seeking your voice. And I pray, Lord, that you will put the words in my mouth, that you will be the teacher tonight and that your Holy Spirit will be the inspiration, the life-giving breath and the reminder of all that you have taught us. And I thank you, Lord, that you are rearranging the things we know and things we thought we knew and pouring the power of your word and your truth and your perspective into all the places where we have little holes and gaps and pieces missing. I thank you, Lord, that you are coloring in the picture for each one of us, regardless of our background, where we come from, how we came to know you, And how we first learned about you and about your word. And I thank you, Father, that you are with us every hour of the day and every hour of the night. You are beyond time and yet you give us the ability to redeem time by spending it with you. And I pray, Lord, that you give each one of us strategy on how to make these spiritual disciplines, a practical and regular part of our lives, so that we can be effective witnesses for your kingdom, and that we can be useful to your glory wherever you have placed us for the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the past couple of weeks we spoke about some of the spiritual disciplines on silence and on fasting a piece of me still feels like I'm still busy with those two topics my (laughs) need for silence for quiet times where I'm not listening to things or watching things or absorbing information of some sort is such a high priority and so intense lately and every time I do it it's like my whole being get a chance to get a chance to breathe and to think of nothing and to just be in the moment and be grateful for being present in the current moment and whatever I have right then and for knowing that God is with me right then whether I take five minutes of silence or half an hour or an hour, it doesn't really matter God fills All of the time that we give him. Fasting-wise, I was saying in the introduction, I have not done a food fast lately. But I do fast from negative topics of conversation, because it just drains my energy. I tend to avoid, at the moment, conversations about topics that are not relevant, or that does not contribute anything, or that does not edify or lift the spread. there's already so much negativity in the world and we don't need to add to that it's one thing to fast from the negative and it's quite another to in that fast then gain the energy to contribute something positive instead and i find that is the line where i'm currently living and having children helps a lot with that. (laughs) The kids will play outside and they will come to me and smile with this complete enthusiasm for life on on their faces and you can't help but join in, it's it's infectious (laughs) in a very good way and it just brings you into the present and out of the world of media and news and everyone's speculations about the future children just live in the moment and trust that they are cared for. And that is a constant lesson of faith for me. On the topic of vigil nights, I, I have always loved this tradition. I'm not very good at keeping it, but every time I read this information, it's inspiring and draws me to put my focus in a better place at night than on my email or Facebook or YouTube or whatever else I'm doing to unwind. I'm a night owl so I can easily spend hours working late at night. But somehow I have the same struggle as I do with fasting with silence. It's this crazy battle on the inside to just open my Bible late at night when I'm lying awake, as opposed to doing something work-wise. And I believe I'm not the only one. I know many other listeners also struggle with this. And that's because it's a spiritual battle. It's not about the practicality so much as it is about the spiritual power of such a tradition. It's a fight to do it for that very reason. It's a fight to be in a low mood emotionally, feeling down about your life and your circumstances and your bills, all of those things, and to choose to direct your focus out of that state of mind to your prayer book and pick it up and pray a couple of psalms until... You've encouraged yourself in the Lord. It's really such a simple task. It's not something complicated that I'm sharing. It's very very simple. But it can be so hard to do it. I want to encourage you to persevere in the spiritual battle of doing these things. The times where you feel you failed or you've made a mistake and you didn't manage to do it forgive yourself tell the Lord oh sorry I messed it up help me do better next time and you know what tomorrow morning when you get up there is new mercy for a new day and you can start over and you can simply pick it right back up again don't let the enemy tell you oh but you're never good at praying you never keep anything going spiritually so why even bother you know if you start you're just going to drop it again in three days and that whole train of thought is going to take you nowhere. Remember what I said in the beginning, it's not about how much you pray or how how religiously you can tick off every single day's time of prayer. It's about keeping the relationship with the Lord going and using the tools to do that. Everyone's going to have a day where you miss out or you're not able to do as much of your spiritual discipline practice as you would like, but it's your heart that counts. So what is a vigil night? It's a tradition that began as a continuation of the Jewish tradition of starting a new day on the sunset of the day before. There are a couple of different occasions to hold a night vigil, such as a prayer time before a big event, but it can generally be any time you spend in prayer and waiting on God. I'm sure there was a vigil night or two before the It's time event was held and the events we've seen since then, for instance. Another example is when a community faces a serious challenge. Such a prayer vigil can also bring people together in unity of spirit, strengthening and healing each other as they do so. You can do it in a group, each one taking two hours and so cover the night in prayer. This is called a prayer watch and there's a movement that started in around the late 90s into early 2000s called the 24-7 Prayer Watch Movement. I'm sure many of you remember that or have seen it. Where people keep intercessory prayer and worship going day and night with people taking shifts. It's an incredibly powerful way of releasing the word in an area to overcome strongholds as well. Another common time for a vigil is when someone has gone missing or has died. In all of these situations, it's a time to press into the Lord for strength, and to pray about life and death and the eternity of both. As for tonight's teaching, we'll discuss Vigil Nights in the context of it being a spiritual discipline, a night of spiritual watchkeeping, in a way. The hours of the night are spent pouring over the Word, praying it through from sunset until sunrise. It is a work of the Holy Spirit to do this. He gives you the strength to do it if you have the heart for it. To just give you some context in scripture. Jesus prayed in Gethsemane the night before his crucifixion. The disciples also gathered in the upper room for prayer, waiting on the Holy Spirit. And they were there for a number of days. Other references include Psalm 59 verse 9. I will watch for you, for God is my stronghold. Mark 13 verse 35 to 37. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockrow, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 6 So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. In terms of the early church perspective on vigil nights, Christ Told us to pray at all times, so all times obviously includes the nighttime as well. Father al Almaskin wrote, "It is while we are in prayer that Christ can get in touch with us, make His will known to us, and grant us His peace." When you are praying late at night, doing a night vigil, it's just easier in that, in those quiet hours, to hear the Lord, you may find that the Lord may tell you different things in the middle of the night than what he would tell you during the daytime. And that is because God knows and created us as human beings to live within time. And while he is outside of time, he knows that we live in it and he directs us accordingly. The early church also considered midnight prayer and night vigils a form of prayer that subdues your flesh and increases control and dominion over the powerful attacks of the devil because the night time has its own domain of activity. The hour of darkness is the hour of the enemy and when you stand up and pray through those hours of darkness you are proclaiming Christ's lordship over the night hours of your life and your property as well. Watch and pray as per 1 Peter 5 8 Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion Seeking whom he may devour. Matthew 6:41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. It is thus clear that without the grace of spiritual watchfulness, we will not be kept or protected from the temptations, nor will we be able to be saved from the traps of of the enemy. Don't we remember what is written in the scriptures, referring to our enemy as the accuser of our brethren? accuse them before our God day and night, Revelation 12:10. Doesn't this indicate that even while we are asleep, doing nothing, the accuser does not cease to accuse us and bring charges against us? We are in great need for spiritual watchfulness. It's a excerpt there that I've just read from Artef Meshriki. To continue some more scripture verses, 1 Corinthians 16:13 and 14. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Colossians 4.2 Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. St. Philotheos of Sinai, 8th century, from the Philokalia said, If attentiveness and prayer are daily joined together, they become like Elijah's fire-bearing chariot mentioned in 2 Kings 2 verse 11, raising us to heaven. I love that quote because I love the picture that it makes you think about. If If you regularly practice prayer and are able to turn all your attention to it, you are born on the energy of that to heaven. Why, why bother with a vigil night? Obviously, sleep is important, and you do need that. But why make vigil nights a regular practice from time to time? Especially when it's winter and it's freezing cold, and the one thing you can think about is just spending another hour in deep sleep. The purpose of vigil nights includes the following eight points. 1. It's a time for the Word and the Spirit to cleanse us, washing off the mud, cares, worries, struggles, sins and dirt of the world in our weak, off our hearts and minds. We get to refocus on God, honoring Him and thanking Him for who He is and for His help. Number 2. If our hearts have become lukewarm, it is an opportunity for us to fan the flame of our first love and zeal for God. We are constantly living in a struggle to not conform to the ways of the world around us, but to follow and imitate Christ. A vigil night reminds us who is Lord, who is the lover of our souls, and we can offer ourselves to Him anew. Number three. We are renewed for prayer in the morning when the sun rises and we think of the grace of His resurrection empowering us for a new day. Four. Four. You can overcome the fear of the night by spending it with the Lord, in whom there is no darkness at all. The psalmist also said in Psalm 18, verse 28, You are the light in my darkness. If you find yourself having spiritual struggles in the middle of the night, or feeling like that is the time where depression most clouds your mind and your emotions, and your whole attitude and perspective on life, Vigil Nights off you. 5. Vigil nights are a spiritual discipline, a form of training that can bring great rewards and strength of spirit over time. It takes diligent effort to keep putting off your old man, your past, your old ways of thinking, and to put on Christ, His Word, His thoughts, and His ways. It takes training and practice to die to ourselves and let Christ reign in our hearts. 6. As St. Paul put it, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Romans 5.18 A night vigil is a small inconvenience that helps us train and become more effective in Christ's kingdom purposes. 7. It is a dedication of your time to the Lord, separating yourself and your time unto Him, as opposed to the world and its instant entertainment. The world may party on a Friday or a Saturday night, spending hours on Netflix or YouTube. But the early church spent Saturday nights in prayer before the Lord. Which option do you think will sharpen your spiritual life with clarity to hear God's voice, clarity and discernment, and strength of character to follow God's word? Which option do you think will leave your soul more deeply fulfilled? Now, just to put that in perspective, I'm not saying you can never have any fun and never unwind and watch a funny movie with friends or family that's not at all what I'm saying I'm saying that if it's a habit for you to spend time on other entertainment rather than the word if 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 that kind of entertainment and fun has become an idol to the point where you never open your bible then it's a problem it is time to incorporate some sort of practice where you say as much as there is a time and a place for fun and for unwinding there's also a time and a place to spend diligent prayer time in the word before God it's also a way of saying Christ we are watching and waiting and longing for your coming this is number 8 There are things that Christ may reveal to you in the hidden hours of the night that you will not have the attention span to hear or receive during the day. There are secrets he will share with you in these times that are unlike any other times with friends. During the day, you have WhatsApp notifications coming on your phone, you have Facebook notifications that you're checking, you have emails coming in, people phoning, and you have a zillion things to do and maybe loved ones to take care of it is very difficult in, a, in the middle of a busy day to take the time somewhere five minutes to listen to a deep secret from the Lord and he understands this so if you want to get into the secret place try it at night because at nighttime no one's gonna complain if you turn the phone off no one's gonna complain if you turn the Wi-Fi off maybe the rest of your family will get an early night's sleep and you won't be tempted to check Your phone for other notifications. The only sound you will be hearing is the quiet of the night and the whisper of the Lord's voice. So how do you actually do this? How do you spend this huge chunk of time? The how depends on why you're doing it partially. Typically in a church setting a vigil service is only a few hours If you find it difficult to even imagine spending three hours in prayer and the Word, it's only because you're used to spending your time occupied with other cares and with the pressures of life. The reason it takes a few hours is because you need at least half an hour to put aside all the things on your heart and mind to quiet the noise of life and come to the Lord with a clear heart and focused attention. It's very few people are just able to completely switch off everything and focus on God. You need to give yourself a bit of time. If you need more time than that, that's the point of a vigil night. Start by committing just a couple of hours to a vigil prayer time and then build it up from there if you don't want to commit to an entire night for a start. Remember, we're looking at this as tools and how you can make this work for your spiritual life. So there is absolutely no pressure to only think of a vigil night as spending the entire night awake in the word if you want to fabulous if you can that's great if you want to start with two hours or three hours dedicated time that's great start there and then you can build it up if you are doing a vigil to pray for a person or a situation You can pray relevant scriptures to that situation or person. You can pray all the prayers of the hours in the prayer book, the Psalms, and then pray the statements of the blood of Jesus, pray in tongues in between, and whatever else the Lord may lead you to pray in between. The same way that you've seen me do on the weekly sessions. You could work on praying through the Gospels by reading them out loud. That is another form of prayer. Or you could pray through whatever book of the Bible speaks to where you are currently at in life. The early church thinks of the different books of the Bible as having different kinds of anointing. The wisdom books, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Lamentations, those books have the anointing for wisdom. The prophetic books have a prophetic anointing. The Gospels carry uh, an anointing for evangelism, being all about Jesus. And the apostolic books have an apostolic anointing, and so on. The Psalms obviously carries the anointing for worship. The main strategy in the how is that you read and pray the word and listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your heart as you do so. Another strategy would be to take the topic that you're praying about, like say strength or courage or peace and pray all the scriptures you can find. Oh, excuse me. You can pray all the scriptures you can find on that topic. On that topic, It's easy to print out a Google search list of scriptures on any given subject. Pray those through and then write down what the Lord shows you as you do. It's a way of doing your own kind of study. Another strategy is to read through the Gospels and pray. Then read through the Prophets and pray. Read the Psalms and pray. So you do... A couple of different types of books after each other. Whatever books you choose, it's about immersing yourself in the Word and in His presence. It's an opportunity for a lot of time in the Word that you might not spend or have otherwise. These days, people can't just go on a three day retreat or on a camp or even just go camping somewhere in the middle of nowhere to spend time in the Word. current world situation with the pandemic doesn't make that easy but there is the night time and somewhere in your calendar you can carve out one slot of two hours to start with everybody can find two hours somewhere it's much easier than booking a weekend (laughs) Think of all the hours that you've wasted on doing other things that weren't necessarily essential. You will find the hours in a night vigil passing faster than you could imagine and you will be refreshed. It's cleansing and renewing for your whole being, soaking yourself in the word. You will come through the following day with new clarity and godly vision. There's some other scriptures that I've listed in the notes for the workbook on Vigil Nights and then there were a few additional ones I found today that I would love to share with you. The first one, you can write these down because these ones that I'm reading now are not in the notes. Luke 6 verse 12. Now at this time Jesus went off to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Remember if Jesus did it, we can do it too. He makes it possible for us. Next one is Acts 16 verse 25. About midnight when Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, the prisoners were listening to them. This particular verse struck me because they were praying in prison and it was the middle of the night. And whether you are praying in the actual nighttime or praying in what you consider to be a night season in your life, you never know who else is listening. There may be other people who are trapped in their own darkness, in their own prison, who may be touched when they hear you praying and spending that time in the word because the word that you send forth when you are doing a vigil night is not just for your benefit of course it benefits you but it benefits the lives of everyone around you because you are proclaiming scripture into the air around you to creation around you and the the enemy also hears it and is extremely powerful and that word that you pray will go forth to accomplish what it's been sent to do Another scripture is Psalm 119, verse 62 and 148. And that reads, At midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous ordinances. Verse 148. My eyes anticipate the night watches, and I awake before the call of the watchman, that I may meditate on your word. Psalm 63, verse 6. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate and thoughtfully focus on you in the night watches. Isn't that beautiful? Last one, Lamentations 2, verse 19. Arise, cry aloud in the night at the beginning of the night watches. Pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to Him for the life of your little ones who are faint from hunger at the head of every street. This verse struck me because, again, it's like describing the times we live in. There are people who don't have enough to eat, there are children who have no idea what will happen next. And we are the ones who are called to pray in these situations. And when you take a vigil night, like I said, of course it benefits you. But in a sense, it's also like raising up a spiritual lighthouse, a beacon of strength that other people can draw from. Because that power will fill your life and it will touch other people that you meet and strengthen them as well. For tonight's prayer time in the Word, we're going to do the introductory prayers and then we are going to do a section of prayers from the midnight prayer section in the prayer book so that you can hear and see what some of those scriptures and prayers are like. They are mostly taken from Psalm 119, but don't worry, I'm not going to pray the entire Psalm 119 tonight. You can do that on your own, but we can pray through some of it together. So let's start with the introductory praise. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, bless us. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and forever and ever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We give thanks to the gracious and merciful God, the Father of our Lord God and Saviour Jesus Christ. For you have protected, helped, and accepted us, had compassion upon us, supported us, and brought us till this hour. We also ask the Almighty God to keep us in peace this blessed day and all the days of our life. We thank you, Lord, on every occasion, in every condition, and for all things. Without you we can do nothing. All envy, all temptation, all works of Satan, all schemes of the wicked, rising up of enemies, seen and unseen, cast them away from us and all your people, and from this holy place. You have given us the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. We give you glory, honour, and worship, now and forever. ever. Amen. Psalm 51 Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. Hallelujah. I want you to just pause quickly here because the Lord is bringing two stories to mind that I feel prompted to share with regard to praying scripture especially repeatedly in the way we are doing week after week the first story is of a spiritual brother a monk who was still learning and his spiritual father gave him a task to do and in that that relationship the number one rule was obedience and so the spiritual father tells the monk take this basket to the river and bring, bring it back with water in it and the disciple looks at him and says you must be crazy look at this basket it's broken it's not going to hold any water and the spiritual father says do it anyway so the disciple goes to the river with this basket and he puts it in the river dunks it a couple of times takes it back out shakes his head because obviously there's no water holding in it And he carries it back very angry and he says to his spiritual father look see what you made me do i took the basket i put it in the river there's no water in it i told you it would not bring back any water and the spiritual father told the disciple look at the basket what do you see does it look any different and the disciple said yes well it looks a bit cleaner and the spiritual disciple the spiritual father said exactly When you take that basket, it's like your mind, and you dunk it into the river repeatedly, the mud gets washed off, and you can finally see that it's clear. And when your mind is clear of all the dirt that you've washed off with the Word, it becomes that much easier to hear what God would have to say to you. The second story is one that really illustrates the principle of a relationship with God being more important than um, religious application of any spiritual practice and this is a true story there was a man who lived in a village in one of those northern countries somewhere near Russia I think he was single he did not have children he lived alone in this village and he had the tradition of every morning on his way to work he had a very simple work and he was not rich he just lived on the basics he would get up every morning stop by the church on his way to his workplace walk in and go stand in front where there was an altar and he would say good morning Lord um, please help me with my work today um, thank you and then he would walk back out of the church and go to work and at the end of the day he would get into bed and he would say thank you Lord for today and he would go to sleep and this carried on for years until one day the man became very old and he had to go to hospital he was very sick and the nurses became sort of worried because no one ever came to visit him and yet he never complained he never seemed sad in fact he looked peaceful and so the one nurse said to him, why why do you look so happy? And he said to the nurse, Jesus came to visit me. He comes to see me every morning. And the nurse was beginning to think, oh my dear, is is, is this? Is he really that sick? Is it his painkillers? Is it his medication? What is happening? Is he hallucinating? And she's like, are you sure? And he says, yes, he, he comes in my door every morning. And so the nurse says, well, wh- what does he do? And she's, he, the man said, Jesus comes in, and then he sits by my bed and he talks to me. And the nurse was a bit worried, so she calls the local chaplain to come and see the gentleman. The chaplain comes, and he sits down by the old man's bed, and he says, I hear you say that Jesus comes to visit you. And the old man says, yes, he does. And so the chaplain says, but, but how? What happens? How did this come about? And the old man says to him, Well, Jesus came to me the second day I was here. He walked in my door and he said, You came to greet me every single day, every morning. Now I am coming to visit you. And so then Jesus would spend some time with him. And the chaplain was very moved and had nothing to say. And the following day he comes back to visit the old man and the old man says to the chaplain, listen, I'm going to go home soon. Jesus is going to come fetch me in three days. And the nurse also heard this, and the nurse and the chaplain were a bit worried. And sure enough, three days later, man passed away in his sleep, and he looked so peaceful. And they knew that this man had been with God, and that God had been with him. And he did not pray anything deeply spiritual, he did not spend hours in vigil nights or many days in fasting all these things that we associate with being so spiritual and being a good Christian what made the difference was he had a relationship with Jesus and Jesus was a part of his daily life and so Jesus visited him when it was his time to go home so I want to share this story with you just to so that you can keep it in your heart and picture this and that the Holy Spirit may remind you of this when you are tempted to get into performance The Midnight Prayer We commemorate the three times our Saviour Jesus Christ prayed in Gethsemane during his affliction Rise, children of light Praise the Lord of hosts Lord, when we stand before you take away from us the sleep of carelessness and help us to be alert Glory to God Amen Psalm 134 Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips shall utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. Let your hand become my help, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise you, and let your judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Alleluia. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and evermore. Amen. Let God rise, and all his enemies will scatter, and those who despise his holy name will disappear. As for your people, may they multiply through your blessing, thousands performing your will. Alleluia. First service, Psalm 119. This is page 103 of the prayer Book. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes! Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with a brightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden from... I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your judgments, your commandments, from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counsellors. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things, and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Turn away my reproach with which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. Do you see how in this psalm, David, all the way, is aware of his shortcomings? And he prays about his shortcomings in the same breath as his love for the word and his prayer for God to enable him to live according to it. That's what this is all about. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. So shall I keep your law continually, for ever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I will seek your precepts. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. The proud have me in great derision, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I remembered your judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Indignation has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my song in the house of my pilgrimage. I remember your name in the night. O Lord, and I keep your law. This has become mine, because I I kept your precepts. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. You are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your words. I entreated your favour with my whole heart. Be merciful to me, according to your word. I thought about my ways, and turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste, and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have bound me, but I have not forgotten your law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. I am a companion of all those who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. You have dwelt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Before I was afflicted I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good teach me your statutes the proud have forged a lie against me but i will keep your precepts with my whole heart their heart is as fat as grease but i delight in your law it is good for me that i have been afflicted that i may learn your statutes the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of shekels of gold and silver glory be to you o lover of mankind your hands have made me and fashioned me give me understanding that i may learn your commandments Those who fear you will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let, I pray, your merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to your word to your servant. Let your tender mercies come to me, that I may live, for for your law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood. But I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me, those who know your testimonies. Let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes, that I may not be ashamed. Glory be to you, O lover of mankind. I'm going to skip the next ten sections of this, so we can do the gospel section. Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly I say to you, I do not know you, Watch, therefore, for you do not know neither the the day (laughs) nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Behold, the bridegroom comes at midnight. Blessed is he. Blessed is the servant whom he finds awake, but he who is found asleep does not deserve to go with him. Keep your watch, my soul, lest you go sleep and be thrown outside the kingdom. Be awake and shout. Holy, holy, holy are you, God. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Heaven and earth are full of your glory and honour. O Lord, God of hosts, be with us, for we have no other supporter in our struggles and trials but you. Forgive us our sins, which we have done willingly and unwillingly, and those which we committed knowingly and unknowingly, the hidden and the visible. O Lord, forgive us for the sake of your holy name that is called upon us. And according to your mercy and not to our sins now you will see in the rest of the midnight prayers there is the second service where you pray the Psalms of the sunset prayer and then there is a gospel section and some more prayers then there is the third service where you pray all the Psalms of the prayer before sleeping and another gospel section and some more prayers and then there is a concluding prayer So you can go through all of that and you will have done a night vigil. Now let's finish with statements of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has redeemed me from the hand of Satan. The blood of Jesus has redeemed me from every curse. In Christ Jesus I am free from every curse and blessed with all blessings. I shall be blessed in my place and my affairs shall be blessed. I shall be blessed at my work and the fruits of my labor shall be blessed. I shall be blessed when I come in and I shall be blessed when I go out. The Lord will cause my enemies who rise up against me to be defeated before my face. They will come at me from one direction but flee from me in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on my bonds and on everything I put my hand to. And the Lord my God will bless me in the land He is giving me. The Lord will establish me as His holy people. Then all the peoples on earth will see that I am called by the name of the Lord and they will fear me. The Lord will grant me abundant prosperity. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to to send rain on my land in season and to bless all the work of my hands. So I will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make me the head, not the tail, and I will always be at the top, never at the bottom. And Lord God, we will keep standing together in faith and we will keep praying these prayers that fly in the face of all the circumstances currently surrounding us, of doom and gloom and poverty and loss and complete financial ruin we are going to stand up and pray these truths and declare that God you are still a God of abundance no matter what our bank accounts look like no matter what our lives look like no matter where we live or what we eat you are God you are good you are our life you are the bread of life and you are the one who sustains us and doing your will Is a better food than whatever we have in our pantries. We declare this, Lord, because we are your people and we live by faith and not by sight. And while we pray for your wisdom to be responsible with what we have, we also pray for the courage to keep the faith and sharing the faith and giving what we have to others who also have need of your word and of your provision. The blood of Jesus has sealed an eternal covenant for me. The blood of Jesus has reconciled me to and granted me peace with God, the Father, all people and all creation. The blood of Jesus has granted me forgiveness of all my sins. The blood of Jesus, the Son of God, cleanses me from all sin. The blood of Jesus justifies me from all condemnation So all the accusations of the devil against me are nullified. He makes me righteous as though I have never sinned. The blood of Jesus sanctifies me and consecrates me so I become belonging to my Lord, dedicated to Him and set apart for His ministry. The blood of Jesus cleanses my conscience from acts that lead to death so that I may serve the living God. The blood of Jesus makes me enter the most holy place to serve the holy God. The blood of Jesus grants me victory over Satan and all his principalities. And victory over all the lies of the enemy about our future about our lives about our children's futures about education about finances about provision and work the blood of Jesus grants us victory over all this doom and gloom the blood of Jesus grants us victory and power to proclaim the word of life over ourselves over our children over our family and loved ones and over everyone who needs to hear the word of the kingdom of god the blood of jesus is the reason for our everlasting rejoicing our joy is in you no matter what happens nothing can separate us from the love of god and lord many of us may be called upon to live the scripture in far more detail than we would have wished I pray, God, that you give us courage to be bold Christians, to look further than our own needs and our own noses and our own short-sighted, limited human perspectives and to see things as you see them. I pray, Lord, that you give us the faith and the courage and the strength of will and the inner man to rejoice in you and what you've given us In the eternal hope that we have in you, in the eternal future that we have in you. That is something that nothing can take away from, that nothing and no one can take away from us. And Lord, if we've given that up, may we repent and take it back, because it is our inheritance in you. You are our portion. And the lines have fallen for us in pleasant places, because you are our God. You are a good Father. And I pray, Lord, that we would focus our mindset on that truth and not on a poverty mindset. I pray, Lord, that you bless every listener with a good night's rest. Keep us all safe until we reunite for the next session. In Jesus' name, Amen. Be blessed, everybody. See you next week.